0: Section 14 of The Promulgation of Universal Peace, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Cynthia Moyer. The Promulgation of Universal Peace, Volume 1 by Abdul-Bahá Abbas. Section 14. 12. April 25, 1912, at 1718th Street, Northwest, Washington, D.C., home of Mr. and Mrs. Arthur J. Parsons. Message to Esperantists. Notes by Joseph H. Hannan. TODAY THE GREATEST NEED OF THE WORLD OF HUMANITY IS DISCONTINUANCE OF THE EXISTING MISUNDERSTANDINGS AMONG NATIONS. THIS CAN BE ACCOMPLISHED THROUGH THE UNITY OF LANGUAGE. UNLESS THE UNITY OF LANGUAGES IS REALIZED, THE MOST GREAT PEACE AND THE ONENESS OF THE HUMAN WORLD CANNOT BE EFFECTIVELY ORGANIZED AND ESTABLISHED because the function of language is to portray the mysteries and secrets of human hearts. The heart is like a box, and language is the key. We can open the box only by using the key, and observe the gems it contains. Therefore the question of an auxiliary international tongue has the utmost importance through this means international education and training become possible the evidence and history of the past can be acquired the spread of the known facts of the human world depends upon language the explanation of divine teachings can only be through this medium As long as diversity of tongues and lack of comprehension of other languages continue, these glorious aims cannot be realized. Therefore, the very first service to the world of man is to establish this auxiliary international means of communication. It will become the cause of the tranquility of the human commonwealth through it sciences and arts will be spread among the nations and it will prove to be the means of the progress and development of all races we must endeavor with all our powers to establish this international auxiliary language throughout the world it is my hope that it may be perfected through the bounties of god and that intelligent men may be selected from the various countries of the world to organize an international congress whose chief aim will be the promotion of this universal medium of speech thirteen april twenty fifth nineteen twelve at seventeen hundred eighteenth street Northwest washington d c home of mr and mrs arthur j parsons notes by joseph h hannon in the world of existence the greatest bestowals of god are his teachings the other bounties of god are limited as regards their benefits and provision human existence itself is a divine bestowal but it is circumscribed with limitations sight and hearing are bounties of god both are limited and so it is with all the other bestowals the circle of their operation is confined restricted whereas the sphere of the divine teachings is boundless centuries and ages pass away but Their efficacy continues, like the spirit of life which animates the world of existence. Without the teachings of God, the world of humanity is like the animal kingdom. What difference is there between the animal and man? The difference is this, that the animal is not capable of apprehending the divine teachings, whereas man is worthy of them and possesses the capacity to understand in the animal kingdom there is no such bestowal therefore limited progression at most evolution in that kingdom is a development of the organism in the beginning it is small undeveloped it develops becomes larger but its sphere of intellectual growth is limited therefore the teachings of god are the bestowals specialized for man although the divine teachings are truth and reality yet with the passage of time thick clouds envelop and obscure them these clouds are imitations and superstitions they are not the fundamentals then the sun of truth the word of god arises again shines forth once more in the glory of its power and disperses the enveloping darkness for a long time the divine precepts of the effulgent word were obscured by clouds of superstition and error until his holiness Baha'ullah appeared upon the horizon of humanity, rent the shadows, scattered the clouds, and revealed anew the foundations of the teachings of God. The first teaching of Baha'u'llah is the duty incumbent upon all to investigate reality. What does it mean to investigate reality? it means that man must forget all hearsay and examine truth himself for he does not know whether statements he hears are in accordance with reality or not wherever he finds truth or reality he must hold to it forsaking discarding all else for outside of reality there is naught but superstition and imagination. For example, during the days of Jesus Christ, the Jews were expecting the appearance of Messiah, praying and beseeching God day and night that His Holiness, the Promised One, might appear. Why did they reject Him when He did appear? They denied Him absolutely refused to believe in him there was no abuse and persecution which they did not heap upon him they reviled him with curses placed a crown of thorns upon his head led him through the streets in scorn and derision and finally crucified him why did they do this because they did not Investigate the truth or reality of Christ, and were not able to recognize him as the Messiah of God. Had they investigated sincerely for themselves, they would surely have believed, respected him, and bowed before him in reverence. They would have considered his manifestation the greatest bestowal upon mankind. They would have accepted him as the very saviour of man but alas they were veiled they held to imitations of ancestral beliefs and hearsay and did not investigate the truth of christ they were submerged in the sea of superstitions and were therefore deprived of witnessing that glorious bounty Withheld from the fragrances or breaths of the Holy Spirit and suffered in themselves the greatest debasement and degradation. Reality or truth is one, yet there are many religious beliefs, denominations, creeds, and differing opinions in the world today. Why should these differences exist? because they do not investigate and examine the fundamental unity which is one and unchangeable if they seek the reality itself they will agree and be united for reality is indivisible and not multiple it is evident therefore that there is nothing of greater importance to mankind Than the investigation of truth. The second teaching of Baha'u'llah is the oneness of the world of humanity. Every human creature is the servant of God. All have been created and reared by the power and favor of God. All have been blessed with the bounties of the same Son of divine truth. All have quaffed from the fountain of the infinite mercy of God, and all in his estimation and love are equal as servants. He is beneficent and kind to all. Therefore, no one should glorify himself over another. No one should manifest pride or superiority toward another. NO ONE SHOULD LOOK UPON ANOTHER WITH SCORN AND CONTEMPT, AND NO ONE SHOULD DEPRIVE OR OPPRESS A FELLOW CREATURE. ALL MUST BE CONSIDERED AS SUBMERGED IN THE OCEAN OF GOD'S MERCY. WE MUST ASSOCIATE WITH ALL HUMANITY IN GENTLENESS AND KINDLINESS. WE MUST LOVE ALL WITH LOVE OF THE HEART. SOME ARE IGNORANT they must be trained and educated. One is sick, he must be healed. Another is as a child, we must assist him to attain maturity. We must not detest him who is ailing, neither shun him, scorn, nor curse him, but care for him with the utmost kindness and tenderness. An infant must not be treated with disdain simply because it is an infant. Our responsibility is to train, educate, and develop it in order that it may advance toward maturity. The third teaching or principle of Baha'u'llah is that religion and science are in complete agreement every religion which is not in accordance with established science is superstition religion must be reasonable if it does not square with reason it is superstition and without foundation it is like a mirage which deceives man by leading him to think it is a body of water god has endowed man with reason that he may perceive what is true if we insist that such and such a subject is not to be reasoned out and tested according to the established logical modes of the intellect what is the use of the reason which god has given man the eye is the organ of sense by which we view the world of outer phenomena hearing is the faculty for distinguishing sounds taste senses the properties of objects such as bitter, sweet, smell detects and differentiates odors, touch reveals attributes of matter and perfects our communication with the outer world. Yet, after all, the circle and range of perception by the five senses is exceedingly limited but the intellectual faculty of man is unlimited in its sphere of action the eye views details perhaps a mile but the intellect can perceive the far east and west the ear may hear tone modulations at one thousand feet but the mind of man can detect the harmonies of the heavenly spheres as they swing in their courses mind makes geological discoveries in subterranean depths and determines the processes of creation in earth's lowest strata the sciences and arts all inventions crafts trades and their products have come forth from the intellect of man it is evident that within the organism of human being The intellect occupies supreme station. Therefore, if religious belief, principle, or creed is not in accordance with the intellect and the power of reason, it is surely superstition. At another time, I shall speak further of the principles revealed in the teachings of Baha'u'llah. End of section 14.